I'm from the great white north, right? Like up above the state. Yeah. The big landmass that the rest of the world hates. Fuck yeah. We're like above that. Fucking north, I guess. The big patch of trees where everybody's bored to death. We're just chilling up here, sipping syrup, playing hockey. Before we learn to walk, we can cross-check properly. Just rocking plaid jackets, chainsaws, we operate them right. Fucking A right we do, bud. We cut our weight in firewood every 20 minutes or so. We are back. Sucker Radio after a couple week hiatus. I'm your host, Jeremy Brand. I will be riding solo for the next little while. Um, show is going to be as great as ever, but I will be riding by myself. Uh, it was difficult, you know, getting to the mic over the past couple weeks by myself with all this Christmas and holiday stuff going on, but, you know, we're back at her, and uh, we've got a great show for your listening pleasure. First up, we're going to be chatting with Bobby Green. Uh, This guy had a fearless performance against Pat Healy at UFC on Fox 9 and will now square off against Abel Trujillo, who I don't know if he's right up there in the rankings with this guy, um, for uh, someone that Bobby Green should be fighting against with, you know, a seven-fight win streak, uh, 3-0 inside the octagon. But we'll see what it's like at UFC 169 in February. Uh, We'll then chat with a pair of fighters who will be heading to the Octagon at UFC Fight Night 35 next January 2014. Uh, Cole Miller will be stopping by to chat with us about, you know, some of his controversial talk about sponsorship dollars, about never fighting again in Massachusetts, um, and as well as his upcoming opponent, Sam Cecilia, and more. Uh, We'll then finally chat with the monsoon Lorenz Larkin, uh, who will also fight on the same card against Brad Tavares. We'll chat with him about his time up here in Vancouver, Canada. He spent some time up here with his buddy Georgie K um, when he was fighting for World Series of Fighting 7 earlier this month. And uh, just get his input on the city of Vancouver as well as his thoughts on his opponent Brad Tavares. Before we get to our interviews, though, because we were off for a couple weeks, some news has obviously popped up in the world of MMA um, here and there, so we might as well get my opinion on it. You don't have to listen to it. You can skip to the interviews if you want, but here is my opinion on some of the news that that was out there in the past couple weeks. First off, obviously, the big news was George St. Pierre taking a leave of absence, much like Sucker Radio. And now Johnny Hendricks and Robbie Lawler will scrap it out for the title in March. Good on George, I think, for setting himself apart from the rest of these guys who are taking their careers on for too long and getting punched in the head too much. This guy's been getting beaten in and out his head for the past couple fights, but still winning them. He he looks defeated at the end of the fights, but somehow comes up with the judges' scorecards and retains the welterweight championship that is because he is the best the ufc has ever seen in the welterweight division but good on him for taking this leave we now get to see a slugfest in the welterweight division between johnny hendricks and robbie lawler um not gonna make a prediction now the one prediction that i will make is that this welterweight division is going to be like a revolving door where the title is going to change hands more than once over the next couple months, I believe, and uh, we will see more than one guy hold that title. Next up, we saw the UFC on Fox take their show. Um, UFC on Fox 9, Demetrius Johnson proved 
that the flyweights have knockout power when he absolutely obliterated Joseph Benavidez just like a couple minutes into the first round. He clocked him with a nice right hand and, and knocked him out that finished the fight very early and proved that the flyweights are a force to be reckoned with. Also on that card, Uriah Faber once again does it. I, I, I have no problem talking about this guy. He's one of my favorite fighters of all time. Once again, won a non-title fight. He, the guy is undefeated with with no championships on the line. He he's gone. I think something like eleven and zero um, in non-title fights, and he should now get his shot at either Dominic Cruz or Henan Barrow, who he's fought both, and he he should get his shot at the bantamweight title once again. Some funny news that came up over the past couple weeks: Shudo Brazil. Planned a man versus woman fight. He had the media in an uproar. Um, they had people talking about this. What the hell is going on? They had a poster made and everything. However, after the fact, we realized and found out that it was just a marketing ploy. So, got a few laughs out of people. And uh, that that was that. Finally, the one news that I want to talk about um, before we get into our interviews. Uh, after what was possibly the matchup of the year and definitely the best heavyweight matchup we've ever seen between Antonio Bigfoot Silva and Mark Hunt. Bigfoot got popped for failing his post-fight drug test. Fortunately, uh, the UFC suspended him and stripped him of his $50,000 bonus for fight of the night. Uh, do I agree with the stripping of the bonus? Because it was still fight of the night. It, it didn't... The, the the drugs and whatnot didn't play a part in, in, in those two scrapping out to what was one of the greatest fights of, of the year. But uh, the, they suspended him, took it away. It's not the first time this has happened to this guy. And and we'll see what happens with Bigfoot next. But Mark Hunt is, uh, like, give him the extra $50,000. <laughs> yeah, so this weekend, uh, just after Christmas, Boxing Day today up here in Canada... Oh, I haven't said it. Merry Christmas to all you guys, obviously. I hope you guys had a good family holiday time with your family. But this weekend we have the hugest fight card of the year, UFC 168, and I'll chat about that at the end of the show. So right now, let's get right into my first guest. Bobby Green will be coming up right after this. On the front line Under your spell In the magic you inspire Every Joining me on the line right now is a man who is 3-0 inside the UFC octagon and most recently picked up a huge victory against Pat Healy at UFC on Fox 9. Please welcome Bobby King Green to the show. Bobby, thanks for doing this, man. Uh, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. It's an honor. For sure. Now, before we get to your UFC career and, and your most recent fight, let's take it back a little bit. Um, you had a great run inside Strike Force prior to being picked up by the UFC. What was that transition like moving from Strike Force, which was a big organization, over to the biggest organization? Um, you know, it's a bigger stage, the bigger crowd. You know, it's like going from college to the NBA. You know, it's a little. It's a bigger step. Did, did you find much of a difference in not only the production value, 
but the competition you were fighting when you came over because I mean you are three and zero inside the octagon, so that shows your talent right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's talent in both divisions, you know. Just like you know anything else, too. there's highs and lows. There's good guys and there's bad guys. Now the three fights you have inside the octagon haven't been against slouches by any means. It was it was almost as if they were feeding you to the lions right off the bat. Do you like this? Um, do I like it? I don't know if it really matters if I like it. I don't, I don't get a choice, you know. Whoever they put in front of me is whoever I have to fight. So, as it, as it is what it is. So, I don't know if I'd say I like it or not. It doesn't matter, you know. Obviously, you like whoever it. comes on that dotted line. <laughs> you're 3-0, and so obviously you're liking it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whoever comes. I mean, I just believe that. Whoever comes, it was meant to be. First, if I got it, it's always God's plan. So if it happens, it was meant to be. Now, most recently, you beat an always dangerous Pat Healy. This guy, this guy puts it on to guys. He grinds you away and and stuff like that. But you didn't seem to be worried at all about the stand up and and actually kept your hands low and down most of the fight. Was this part of your game plan, or were you just trying to get into his head a little bit? Um. That's part of my game plan. I uh, really don't really have a game plan, but um, people were saying that, like, I'm a net kicker and talking trash and calling me different names and stuff, you know? So I just really felt like, like, I didn't make the call. John McCarthy was the ref, you know, and people were making me to be a bad guy. So I said I wasn't going to kick at all, you know? And so when we think I'm not going to kick, I went to the show. I can even do this, you know. That's how, like, I, I like to show my skills, you know. I wasn't really trying to to disrespect Pat or anything, but just show this is where I'm at with my skill level, you know. Show yeah. that I am top 10 worthy. For sure, and, and when he hit you, you just sort of laughed it off and said, bring it on. Did he phase you at all with any of those punches? No, no, not at all. None of them, eh? No. Now, you're currently riding a seven-fight winning streak and beat someone who is easily a top-20 fighter. Many sites out there, including MMASucka.com, put you up against Joe Lozon in their What's Next article. Unfortunately for all of us, we were wrong, and you'll now be taking on Abel Trujillo at UFC 169. Um, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Um, it is what it is. You know, I feel like it, it is what it is. Whoever comes on that dotted line. Did that match get signed like right after your fight at UFC on Fox Nine? Then both you guys, they knew that they wanted that scrap right after uh, seeing both you guys win. Uh, it just got announced today. I just found out about it today. Oh, you didn't even know about it, eh? I just found out about it today. <laughs> now both of you guys <laughs> fought at UFC on Fox Nine. Did you have a chance to check out his scrap with Roger Bowling? Yeah. What'd you think of it? Um, it was interesting. It was interesting. Um, just like, you know, style of my fights, bro. You know, and I'd be interested in see on how his style works because of my style. Do you think that, I mean, with your win streak and stuff like that, you're riding a seven-fight win streak, you're 3-0 and inside the octagon. Do you think Trujillo is high enough up the rankings for you? No, I think he's up the rankings. Um... 
Like, would you? It, I mean, you know, when I ask I, guys, I understand the question. No, I know, I but when I ask question. guys, when I ask guys the question, they always say, "I'll fight whoever the UFC puts in front of me," and I think that's a BS answer because yes, you will, but there's got to be guys in your head that you want to fight a little more than others to get yourself up the ranking even higher. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. That's valid, but um, I think that you have to address um, what's your motive for fighting. Then you know, if that's what your objective is to get the title, then to get higher up the ladder, then that would be your motive to find guys that keep pushing up the ladder. For me, it's more so. I feel like it's getting a number of fights out to get my check higher. Since then, so you're fighting we for the money and not motive. the title. Um. Exactly. I'm trying to get enough money to p purchase a house. You know, have a house paid off and have some money for my account and that can be cool, you know. That's what's my goal, to, to make sure my son has a roof over his head. And then and then you'll get the title. Possibly if that comes along with it, you know, that's cool. But, you know, um, and it's like I'm just blessed to be here as it is. I never thought I'd be... You know, beating top ten guys in the world and stuff, and I can one day tell to my son that you know. So if that happens, cool. It's not as long as I can keep just trying to press towards this house. For sure. Now, I mean, obviously, uh, you guys are both explosive fighters, so fight of the night could be something that happens with this fight. Um, it's a little ways away, February. Um, how do you see this fight going? And and I mean, do you see yourself having the advantage against Trujillo? Um, I never say how how my fights uh, I see it going because I never know. You know, I never know anything. They just go. I let them flow. Whatever they 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 go like like I believe in the Bruce Lee law. You know, and to to um to be like water. You know, so I just go with the flow. If it goes to the ground, it goes to the ground. If it goes to the feet, it goes to the feet. I'm just whatever it is, and then I'll figure out where he doesn't want it to be, and that's where I'll make the fight at. Nice. Now, does the fact that this fight has been announced and, and you know you have a scrap in the New Year change any of your holiday plans at all? Yeah, yeah. I was going to throw a New Year's Eve party and stuff, you know, and that's canceled now. Well, that sucks. Do you, are you going to be able to partake in, in all the holiday food items and all that kind of stuff? No, I'm not doing none of that stuff now. I'm off of that. Like, I thought I was going to get to, but when it's time to go to work, it's time to go to work. <laughs> now, finally, before we let you go here, we do a thing on MMASucker.com called Fight Music. And, and we just like to ask our guests what music or what artist or band or song gets you pumped up just to punch someone in the face. Um, well, now a song to you, a song that gets you pumped? Yeah. Uh, like, uh, me, no, um, I'm leaning. Sounds good. I'll have to check that out. He is Bobby Green. He is taking on Abel Trujillo at UFC 169 in February. Bobby, thanks for doing this, man. Um, taking the time out of your day to do this. And if you have any shout-outs, now's the time. Oh, thank you so much, man. Well, um, it's an honor to be here. I'd like to thank Cage Fighter, Hayabusha, you know, um, Way of Life, um, Drinks, um, Unbreakable Mouth Guards, you know, my gym, PSS. Pinnacle MMA. Thank you guys for having me and my friends and family. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Bobby, and can't wait to see your scrap in February, man. All right, bro. Peace. 
I posted my write-up for this interview. I had a chance to chat with this Bobby Green interview was recorded um, earlier last week, and I had a chance to write it up on MMASucker.com. It got featured on the UG. And people just love the fact that Bobby is, is that kind of guy that is fighting for the money, and he's fighting to put a roof over his son's head. And, and it's not about the title. This guy has some serious talent. He's boxing in there and fighting with his hands at his waist and, and still able to beat up a guy like Pat Healy. Um, but the title picture isn't on his mind. And, and I think that's super cool. So we'll see what Bobby Green has against Abel Trujillo at UFC 169 in February. And uh, we'll see what uh, Cole Miller has to say in my next interview right after this. Saturday morning, jumped out of bed and put on my best suit. Got in my car, raced like a jet, all the way to you. On your door. Joining me on the line right now is a 15-fight UFC veteran who will be taking on Sam Cecilia at UFC Fight Night 35 in January. Please welcome Cole Miller to the show. Cole, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. 15 fights in the UFC. How crazy is that, man? Yeah. Uh, if you would have told me when I first started fighting MMA that I was going to have 15 fights in the UFC and that I wasn't going to be the champ, I would have told you that you were crazy. That there was no way that MMA or the UFC in particular was going to be that big. Now, what's the biggest thing that's, that you've seen change over the past six years that you've been fighting for the organization? Uh, just the amount of fights. That's that's got to be the you know the biggest difference um, from you know whenever I was watching, you know, you know I became more of a hardcore fan in you know 2000 and the early 2000s. But that's the biggest thing that's differed. You know, since I've been with the company, also is just the amount of fights. Uh, the fighters have also increased, but the number of events is just you know through the roof right now. I think that's great. You do like that, eh? I mean, do you see that with the amount of fighters that they've signed, um, that that it's holding you back from being able to fight as often? No, actually, this is the most active I've been since I've been with the company. You know, if you, uh, I think I've fought like five times in the past 18 months. Um, or, or as of January, I would have fought five times in 18 months. But, uh, you know, if you look back at, you know, all the way up until last year, I was fighting two times a year, you know, mostly due to injuries and things like that. It wasn't like I wasn't getting opportunities, but, um, you know, the fact that I haven't been injured and I'm, I'm still getting plenty of opportunities to fight. That's what, that's what I'm talking about is, uh, you know, them putting on more, more events that allows fighters to fight more often, even though they're hiring more fighters. For sure. Yeah. Now, over the past little while here, you've been uh, extremely outspoken about a number of topics, including sponsorships. Um, most recently, never fighting in Massachusetts again. Are you over the whole Gamberian controversy now? Is is that a thing of the past? Yeah, I mean that's something that you know I, I already had a ne- negative outlook going into it with the appeal. You know, you can just tell how these guys talk to you. Um, you know, they, you're fighting an uphill battle. Um, so yeah, I'm over it. I mean, I'm mad about it. You know, when uh, when you somebody does you wrong, you know, um, you know, and they they know that you're doing if they're doing you wrong, um, you know, that's that's kind of messed up. You know, that just shows how uh, how corrupt and how little they give a shit. You know. 
But um, but yeah, I mean, like I'm not, I don't let it affect my um, you know, my training or my personal life or anything in my upcoming bout. It's just something that pisses me off, you know. So is that like a fight? These, these, these guys know what they did, and now they're they're bringing up issues that I brought up in the appeal to fix in their rule books. So it's just like you know, putting salt in the wound. Definitely. Now, if the UFC happened to put you on a card in Massachusetts, um, what what would happen there? Or have you straight up told them that you will never want to fight there again? No, I mean, it's not even worth me bringing it up to them until something like that might potentially happen. You know, I've been with the UFC for like six years now, and I have only fought in Massachusetts one, one time, you know. So it's not something I'm going to bring up to them like, Oh, I'm never fighting there again. I mean, yeah, it's true. I'm never fighting there again, but I don't got to pick up a horn and call Sean Sully and go like that. You know, if, if they offered me a fight, and in fact, I kind of hope that they do. I want, I kind of want the UFC to offer me a fight just so I can decline it. <laughs> is the Gambier, <laughs> is the Gambierian fight? Because I'm not going to give them any attention. You know, I'm not going to be giving the state of Massachusetts any of my money, you know, any, any of it, you know, or, you know, potentially any, you know, four hats sit in the seat. They're gonna come watch me fight, and then you know we get state tax on the uh, income we make in that state. So I'm not gonna do anything to benefit them at all. Definitely, is the Gambierian fight a fight you want to get back? No, I don't. I don't have the, the need or feel to want to fight. You know, or, or have a rematch with Manny. You know, there's nothing that he did wrong in that fight, or you know, I, I didn't lose any respect for him. You know, this is just something that I had. Um, you know, against the judges and uh, the commission. You know, I, I think that you know, me and Manny had a, a really good fight. You know, a really strong fight. So I'm not trying to get that one back. There's nothing. There's nothing for me to prove because I already proved proved it in the fight. You know what I'm saying? It just sucks that these guys. You know, the referee was unable to handle the situation, and then on top of that, the judges were, you know, unable to do their job properly, and then the commission, you know, pretty much stuck a middle finger in my face. Yeah, for sure. Now, leading up to that fight, the sponsorship thing happened. Um, the sponsorship landscape is a whole other story. We saw at the last UFC event, um, Mac Danzig actually came to the cage with no sponsors on his shorts or shirt whatsoever. Um, and, right. da- and Dana White has said that they're looking at changing the whole structure of sponsorship things. Have you heard any updates on this? No, I haven't. I just saw the same video everybody else did. Um, but... Uh, I'm excited to hear, you know, what he's talking about, you know, there being some sort of structure to it. Um, yeah, I'm definitely eager to hear what he has to say about that. Is it sort of a, I'll believe it when I see it kind of thing? No, it's not. I don't have, I just, I'm just more interested in what he has to say about it. Like, I don't really, you know, that was a very, uh, you know, vague statement. I'm interested in hearing the details. I don't have a, you know, negative outlook on it. I'm just, I'm just more curious than anything as to what he has to say about that. For sure. Now let's talk your upcoming fight. This upcoming fight will be your third fight night in a row. Um, do you like fighting on these free cards, or say from a, a sponsorship standpoint and money um, wise, would the pay per view be a better thing for you? No, I don't think it. With sponsorship, not really making much of a difference. Um, I think that where I'm at right now, I have you know I have more of a chance to be on the main card of a uh, fight night than a uh, you know pay per view belt. Hopefully that'll be changed in the upcoming this year. You know, hopefully I can get get a little streak going on. But uh, but yeah, I, I'd rather be fighting on the main card of a uh, fight night than uh, you know, a preliminary belt on a uh, 
For sure. Now, your upcoming opponent, Sam Cecilia, is an ultimate fighter veteran like yourself. Um, have you watched many of his fights, and are you a guy that prepares by watching tape? Uh, just repeat that for me one time. I'll watch you there for a second. Yeah, I said that Sam Cecilia is a is an ultimate fighter veteran like yourself. Um, have you had a, had chance to watch many of his fights, and are you a guy that likes to prepare by watching tape? Yeah, I've seen all of his UFC bouts. Um, I watch the footage, but I don't I don't put like all my stock into it. You know what I'm saying? I, I watch it. I have I have my coaches do most of the film watching. I like to watch watch my opponent like one time. You know, so I watch a couple of his fights one time, and I, I'm done with that. You know, I did that about. Um, a month ago, so I, I don't watch any more film on them. I have all my coaches do that, and uh, you know I have them break everything down and give me their assessment. And I listen to my coaches. I don't, you know, because we're all always getting better, or at least that's the plan. That we're always trying to make progress. So I'm sure that's what he's doing. So I, I watch a little bit of the footage to see how he moves and things like that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to uh, watch his fights make a game plan and then go, oh, crap, he doesn't do that anymore. He's way better because he trains every day. Yeah. Yeah, and as you as you say, both you guys are getting better, but, but when we watch him, we know he's a guy that has heavy hands. You're a grappling wizard. Is this how you see the fight right. playing out in your head with you trying to take him down and, and controlling him on the ground while he's trying to keep it on the feet? Uh, I mean... You know, I've been I've been in there with some spoilers here lately. You know, like Manny Gabrielian. You know, he's shown that he's had one one punch knockout power in some of his fights, and uh, and he's got that same like bruiser kind of style. You know, swinging from the hips, uh, overhands constantly, and just power shots. And then um, you know, Andy Ogles, you know, grabbing a real strong lead left hook. So I'm not sure. You know, I've never tried to come out and take my opponents down. If you look. Look that up. I bet I have the fewest takedown attempts for as many fights as I've got in the UFC. So that's not really my game plan ever in a fight is to take somebody down. I start on the feet, I see how it goes, and, and you know we work from there. As with all fights, they start on the feet. <laughs> right, but you know you don't see me coming out trying to set up shots. I'm 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 six foot one. You know I'm not trying to like shoot and take some dude down. For sure, yeah. In a perfect world, how would Cole Miller finish Sam Cecilia that night in January? In a perfect world, uh, I would drop him with a punch, jump on his back, and finish with a choke. You know, something more like how the Ross Pearson fight went, or uh, you know, uh, when I fought CJ O'Brien a couple fights after that. Now, finally, with this fight being so close to Christmas and the holiday season and New Year's, um, sorry to ask you this, but what is the one thing that you're missing out on most during this season? Uh, just, you know, I'm really just missing being able just to enjoy that season, you know, being able to just have a good time like everybody else, you know, just the mentality like, yay, it's Christmas, you know, like I don't, I don't like feeling like an asshole all the time, you know, I don't like going, got this I got to train for, and, you know, it, it's really just draining to have, to be that focused, you know. But this isn't the first time I've fought in January. It feels like when you look, I've got, you know, a, a lot of fights in the UFC in the month of January or December. So, you know, this is something that 
you know, in, in the six years, I think four of my years with the UFC have been, uh, four or five have been, you know, January, there have been January about where I uh, missed Thanksgiving or Christmas or both. So this isn't, you know, this isn't something new to me. Yeah, so it's... it's... Yeah, it just sucks. <laughs> I, I, it's not the drinking or the eating or, you know, this type of thing. It's just being able to be happy, you know, and uh, in these holiday months with everybody else. I want to go to Christmas parties. I want to put on lame sweaters and smile and laugh and, you know, have eggnog and BS like that, you know, but it's not the, uh, not the job I signed up for, I don't guess. So you, you don't partake in any of the parties then? No, nah, I mean, when, when do I got time for that? You know, it's like you got to train, then you got to rest, then you got to train again. I don't really know too many Christmas parties that happen between the hours of uh, you know, three to five PM. That would be really ideal. You know. He is Cole Miller. He's taking on Sam Cecilia at UFC Fight Night 35 on January 15th. All the best, Cole. And I mean, with what you're doing, I hope you have a great holiday season with what it is. And uh, good luck on the 15th. Thanks, Cole Miller will take on a very dangerous Sam Cecilia at uh, UFC Fight Night 35. The guy has power in his hands, but Cole Miller, as he says, he's tall, he's lanky. He has the submission game. We'll see what, what he can do against Sam Cecilia at UFC Fight Night 35. Also at Fight Night 35 is my next guest, the one and only, the monsoon, Lorenz Larkin, right after this. He is set to take on Brad Tavares at UFC Fight Night 35 on January 15th. Please welcome to the show UFC middleweight Lorenz Larkin. Lorenz, thanks for doing this, bro. Uh, no problem, man. Anytime. Now, I saw you while you were up here in uh, Vancouver, Canada with Georgie K. Uh, what was your experience up north like? It was cool, man. I like Canada. Actually, that was my um, that was my first time out of the state. So that was my first out-of-the-country experience. So then what was the one thing about Vancouver that surprised you most? Um, um, the one thing that surprised me the most. What some, <laughs> what some of the girls wear. <laughs> I, like, I like the nightlife. Oh, I've seen a couple of those girls that were dressed like it was California weather. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, how they don't freeze their ass off, eh? Yeah. <laughs> now, you won your last outing against Chris Camozzi, and your few, first UFC outing was a controversial loss to Car Francis Carmont. How much does it suck that your record is 1-1 one one rather than 2-0 and oh inside the octagon? Uh, you know, it's kind of like a little sour taste in my mouth, but, you know, the fans spoke out about it, and, you know, so I'm I'm, I'm content with that. As long as the fans know, then I'm cool. I'll, I'll take the one in one For sure. Now, do you want that fight with Carmont back, or is it something that's, like, completely in the past now? Um, you know, when it comes, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not going to turn it down. But, um, you know, right now I'm just trying to focus on anybody that put it in front of me right now. 
But yeah, in the future, yeah, I'm I'm all game for that. What What do you think of Carmont's fighting style? Because that that fight was not the first controversial decision that's come in his favor. Um, I don't know. You know, um, they um have a lot of I don't know. <laughs> they they have good juju instead of bad juju. There you go, there you go. <laughs> Your upcoming opponent, Brad Tavares, has probably the quietest four-fight winning streak going on in the UFC. Um, are you a fan of him as a fighter, and have you seen him fight much? Yeah, you know, um, I've seen him fight a couple times, and, um, and you know, he's, he's a tough guy, and, and, you know, he's an established guy in the UFC. You know, so um, I'm pumped towards the fight. You know, now... Now it's like um, in my career, I just, I just want to fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, um, and I'm kind of just letting everything else take its place. You know, but first things first, I just, I just like fighting. So, you know, as long as I can fight and put on some good, exciting fights, you know, for the fans and everybody else, and I'm I'm content. That that sort of leads me right into my next question. You've been known for your knockouts in the past. However, some of your your more recent fights have gone to the decision. Obviously, that's not in your control at all. You're looking to get the finish. Every one of Tavares's UFC victories, other than one, has come via decision. So, for fans out there, what can they expect out of this fight, and why will it be a crowd pleaser? Um, I I. Well, I know it's going to be a crowd pleaser because, um, you know, now what I'm just doing is um, I'm kind of at that point where um, I'm getting comfortable, <clears throat> you know, in, um, in the cage and, and in the atmosphere. You know, it, it, it is a big change from, you know, going for um, smaller shows or, or even less bigger shows into, you know, the UFC. So, you know, now I feel like I'm starting to become more comfortable you know, and I, I'm starting to be more relaxed in there and, and and just starting to do what I'm supposed to do. You know, instead of worrying about everything else, I'm I'm just worrying about, you know, beating the guy in front of me and, 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 and being comfortable about it. I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but... <laughs> but you said it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, this is a free fight, Fight Night 35 card. Do you like fighting on these free cards? I mean, it gives more people the chance to watch you fight. Yeah, you know... um, Sure, I like any fights, you know, but I, I, I do especially like the the fights that are free. You know, I, I don't I don't mind them whatsoever. It's um like you said, it's a bigger outlet for me as far as more eyes on me and and um you know, more people just get to watch it, you know, and be more familiar with me. For sure. Now I always ask guys this question and sometimes I get a good answer while others times I don't. I know I I know you're gonna have a good answer for me. In a perfect world, how does Lorenz Larkin finish Brad Tavares on January fifteenth? In a perfect world, um, <laughs> in the perfect world, I land the life changer kick, <laughs> and then that that'll be the finish. I'll be he'll, he'll be knocked out. It, explain That's in the perfect world. It, explain the life changer kick. Oh man, I I I went for it against Carmont, you know, last ten seconds, but it didn't go. It didn't go how I wanted it to go. But that 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 was a life changer. <laughs> now you're obviously not looking past Tavares, but with a win, 
Would you like to step up the rankings in terms of opponents? Because, I mean, this guy, he is on a four-fight winning streak, but in ranking-wise, he's not right up there. I know. Do you know his ranking by any chance? I'm actually not quite certain of it. He's. I know he's not ranked in the top ten, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I know that. I don't know. We're probably both ranked in, like, 73 or something. <laughs> <laughs> a- a- anything out of the top ten the UFC doesn't care about, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. the uh, what was it? Was it the dark part of uh, Lion King? When they said, "Don't go to that part." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, with training and stuff, um, what was your Christmas like? Uh, it was it was cool. You know, um, now you know camp is getting a little better because uh, my my weight is lower than. Than usual than my usual fight, so you know I get to eat and I get to eat and and do uh, other things. So, so you, it's, it's pretty cool. So, do you have New Year's plans then, or, or and you can partake in stuff like that? Because my last interview, I chat with Cole Miller, and he says he has no time to go out and partake in any of this holiday stuff. Oh yeah, you know. Um, you know, I, I, I go out, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I don't, I don't, one thing that I have stuff too that, um, I've been doing since, you know, one and all, um, you know, I don't drink in, in my camps. Once when I sign for the contract for the fight, I, I don't drink or, well, that's it. <laughs> I don't do drugs, so I just don't drink after <laughs> the fight. So, um, so yeah, you know, I, I go out and have a good time. There you go. You know, now I'll go right back to the gym in the morning. If you, yeah, exactly. You can get up in the morning. You're not you're not hungover. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, finally, the last time I chat with you, you told me to hold up because I was talking about your funky hair designs. And uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. what, what do you have planned for the hair on January fifteenth? Uh, you know, the same old same. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stick with the Riverside Bell. Now I, I changed it up my last fight and went to the, you know, the, uh, my own little style mohawk. So, you know, it'll probably be the it'll, it'll be the mohawk with the with the Riverside Bell in it. There you go. Thanks a bunch for uh, taking the time out of your day today, Lorenz. Um, if you'd like to give any shout outs or thank yous, the floor's open. Ah, uh, just manage everybody that supports me in and uh, all Riverside, my gym, Millennium MMA, and uh, to my management team, um, Paradigm Sports Management Agency, uh, my sponsors, Affliction, Venom, um, IME, and uh, everybody just tune into my fight. All the best, Lorenz, and uh, good luck against Brad Tavares on January fifteenth. All right, thanks. Oh, you know what? I had a quick question for you. Where, where, where are you located in Vancouver? I am. I'm in Vancouver, Canada. Yeah. Vancouver. Oh man, what was the name? Hey, hey, uh, Romy, 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 Romy. What was the name of that Italian restaurant we went to? <laughs> Never mind. My coach can't remember. We went to this <laughs> Italian place out there. It was great. Yeah. Nice, man. It was, they, they serve you so big portions, and it's oh, crazy. An- Antoine's, man. Oh, Antoine's. Yeah, that's it, Antoine's. Yeah, dude, that place, you get the portions, and you're bringing home stuff for the next couple days. 
Oh, yeah, okay. I just wanted to make sure you ate there, and that stuff was so good. <laughs> awesome, man. All the best. Okay, thanks, man. Sounds like Lorenz liked what the ladies were wearing up here in Vancouver. Um, also sounds like he doesn't know what his ranking is. <laughs> but he is going to put on an exciting fight against Brad Tavares, who I said is probably riding one of the quietest four-fight winning streaks in the UFC at this point. So it should be a fight for the fans, as he said. He, he looks to put on a performance that is, uh, that is crowd-worthy. Um, this weekend, though, let's chat... UFC 168. Main event, obviously, Anderson Silva versus Chris Weidman. Or I guess I should put it the other way around. Chris Weidman, who is the title holder against Anderson Silva. Many people still have Anderson Silva as the favorite in this fight. I, I see it that way. I see Chris Weidman having to come out, utilize his wrestling much the way Chael Sonnen did in, in the first Anderson Silva fight, taking him down and controlling the pace if that's the way he wants to win the fight. If it is, it's going to go to a decision, in my opinion, and that will be the way Chris Weidman wins. But dreaming up a scenario in my head, if I had to put money on it, if I had to make a bet, if I woke up in the morning and I thought, hey, I just dreamed how this fight went down, Anderson Silva is going in there and he is going to prove a point to the fans within the first two minutes of the fight, and he is going to knock out Chris Weidman to retain his title, and I believe he will retire. That's, that's just the funky thing that's going on in my head. So I think Anderson Silva walks out of the cage with the middleweight championship. The other title up for grabs on this fight card is the women's bantamweight title. Ronda Rousey, who looked like the enemy on The Ultimate Fighter this season, will take on... Her arch nemesis Misha Tate, in a in a these two have fought in the past. Ronda broke, well, tore the shit out of Misha's arm, and uh, you know won by armbar again. Will that happen in this fight? Who knows? But I think this fight will go down a little different than the first one. I think Misha will utilize her boxing and her stand up and her clinch game in the first round and and sort of take it to Ronda the way no one else has. Um, but Ronda will get out of the first round and then have her way with Misha in the second. Um, she will finish her by submission. Call it. You have it here. Take that to the bets. Take that to Vegas. Round two submission win for Ronda Rousey. Up next on the card is a heavyweight tussle between Josh Barnett and Travis Brown. This fight... For my guys at MMASucker.com, JP Lasoleta has said it. Alan Sterk has said it. This is their favorite fight on the fight card. Um, will the old guy do it, Josh Barnett? Will he prove that he still has what it takes to become the heavyweight champion? Or will the young, up-and-coming heavyweight contender, Travis Brown, do what he does? He he beat up Alistair Overeem, made him look goofy. Knocked him out with that front kick. And uh, will he be able to do that to Josh Barnett? I don't know. I'm not picking him. I think Josh Barnett has too much in the game of wrestling and uh, catch wrestling. He'll be able to take Travis Brown down, finish the fight on the ground, and, and make it a sloppy, dirty match. Much the way Josh Barnett always does. Um, lightweight matchup after that one, or just before that one on the pay-per-view portion of the card, is a fight that I'm not extremely excited about. I sort of rolled my eyes at it. Jim Miller and Fabricio Camos taking the 
they're lightweight to the to the octagon and I I don't know. I think Jim Miller will win it, but I think it'll be by decision. Kicking off the main card is a featherweight tussle between one guy who used to be a contender and almost had his shot at the title and a guy who is coming up through the ranks and is very close to cracking that top 10 in Diego Brandao. Um, Dustin Poirier is the guy who was formerly a contender. Uh, will it go that way? Who knows? I think one guy has much more riding on this than the other. I think Brandel looks to, if he beats Poirier, he has, you know, not the title picture on his on his mind, but definitely someone right up there close to title contention. And whereas Dustin Poirier will sort of ride in the same boat if he beats Brandel, I think. He'll, he'll have to fight another couple fights before he gets that title challenge. Um, he, he's been right up there but he just hasn't been able to crack it. This fight card's very good top to bottom. We got also Chris Lieben versus Uriah Hall. Those guys are the featured fight on the Fox Sports 1 portion of the card. We got Gleason Tebow versus Michael Johnson. Dennis Seaver versus Manny Gamburian. John Howard versus C.R. Bahadurzada. Man, this fight card is good. Um, so check it out live on pay-per-view this Saturday night. UFC 168 Weidman versus Silva 2. Um, that is about it from this end. I'd like to wish you all, you know, happy holidays. As I said, it was a Merry Christmas for myself and my family yesterday. Hopefully it was for you guys, whether you celebrate Christmas or not. Happy holidays to you. I'm going to try to put together, um, an episode for next week where we break down, um, it will be a Sucker Radio award show where we'll break down fight of the year, fighter of the year, and whatnot. We'll put those on the show, and I'm going to try to get a couple special guests for next week's show um, to chat with me about those those uh, fight of the year and, and, and whatnot. So with that, I am out, and uh, you can check Sucker Radio on Stitcher, on iTunes. Check out MMA Sucker on Facebook and on Twitter. We got a wicked contest for this upcoming weekend's UFC 168 fight card. We're giving away a pair of um, Rev Gear shin guards, so check that out over at MMASucker.com. But until next time, Sucker Radio is out. If any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there on Melody Lane with all the other rich people, and I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? <laughs>